0: Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello, thank you so much for joining us again here. It's a real privilege to be able to bring you yet another guest and give some insights and understanding into this amazing world of education that we're all involved in. Remember you can sign up to get our free fire guide by visiting educationonfire.com forward slash fire which gives you a free PDF download and a quick video for me hopefully to support you to keep being your best self despite all the extra things that are demanded of us as educators and I hope it really helps Just chats through a few things which can keep you positive, inspired and supported as you continue your educational journey. Today I'm talking to Dr. Shrag Shemasian. He was born in Los Angeles to Armenian parents who immigrated to the United States from Lebanon. Now, while in high school, he took a keen interest in the higher education process. He navigated the admissions process with limited college counselling and became the only Ivy League graduate in his high school's nearly 60-year history. Throughout his education and beyond, he successfully guided students into top colleges, medical schools and graduate programmes and has found this professional calling in helping others achieve their education and career goals. He's the founder of Shamasing Academic Consulting and one of the world's foremost experts on medical school admissions, college admissions and graduate school admissions. For nearly 20 years, he and his team have helped thousands of students get into medical schools, top colleges using his systematic and proprietary approach. This conversation has very different angles and I really hope that this understanding of Shoag's background and his overall understanding of what Learning is all about it and the way you can actually create your own future is something which can be of real value to you. Now, just before I speak to Dr. Shrag Shumasian, here's a quick thank you to our sponsor. The National Association for Primary Education is a non-political UK charity. As vice chair, I'm delighted to be hosting six online CPD events to enable you to be supported as educators no matter where you are in the world. To find out more information, go to nape.org.uk forward slash online events. That's nape.org.uk forward slash online events. Hello, Jarek. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Education on Fire podcast. I'm delighted to be finding out much more about what it is that you offer. And I know as someone who's just had a child going to university, it's an interesting time in terms of getting all those things in place and being able to set yourself up as best you possibly can for your future at that kind of age. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mark. Uh, it's cool that you're, you know, you're, you're a father of someone who just started, you know, university. My son's three so we're not quite there yet uh you know just dropped them off at daycare this morning but definitely you know wheels about education are always spinning.
0: Yeah for sure um so tell us a little bit about what it is that you offer now and I know there's going to be an interesting story there in terms of why you actually decided to get in that kind of field and and, and take us through that journey a little bit.
1: Yeah so we help high schoolers um in you know get into top colleges we also help People get into medical school, so we specialize in you know assisting people with pre-health admissions, whether they're doing it at the undergrad level or at the graduate level, and uh, we help with every matter of that. So we assist people with you know choosing the right courses to participate in, making sure there's an appropriate level of challenge. We help students you know participate in the right extracurricular activities, develop the right school list, you know produce great essays, uh, and everything in between. We also do test prep, so. Really just comprehensive college planning, um, you know, from the start of ninth grade all the
0: way through, you know, senior into college and beyond. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I guess it is that prep, isn't it? It's all, you know, when is that optimum time to suddenly start thinking, "Ah, oh, right, now this is where I want to go or where I'm interested in and where I'm heading and, and getting all those pieces in place early enough?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of these things where you want to start really, really early, but you don't want to get too stuck. You don't want to be too rigid in anything that you figure out really early, because I get a lot of students who, you know, when they get to the 12th grade year, you know, they have a, they might have no idea yet where to apply. They're like, well, could you help me design a school list? I'm like, yeah, but you know, you have to give me some constraints. That's like saying, what should I eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like, I don't know. What do you want? You know, do you want Mexican? No. You know, like that kind of thing. So you really have to have some constraints, whether it's geographic location, things you want to study, school size, um, certain resources they offer and opportunities, those kinds of things help narrow it down. Now, students also come with the opposite issue if they're too rigid about something. They say, well, I want to apply to these five places. And, you know, oh, there's a similar school that, you know, I think would be a great fit for you. No, I've always imagined since I was eight years old that I want to go to this one school. And Um, that's great it's nice to have those goals but you know at the same time with uh with top schools you know there there's no guarantee that you're going to get into one um and so or a specific one is what i'm trying to say and so you have to be open to you know different possibilities make sure you're not setting yourself up for for some major disappointment so i say start early start researching schools think about some of those constraints and the qualities in a program that you're looking for and then over time you can tweak as needed
0: let's just dive into that a little bit in terms of that idea of disappointment or the fact that you know from a young age you just decided i'm going to go to this school and this is my dream based on something which like you say when you're that young it probably just comes from a name you've heard or or, yep. or something that has come around there so how did you sort of start to sort of have those conversations about you know it's your education it's your life and it's great to have these things in place but actually life sometimes takes you slightly on a different course in in order to get to the same the same goal. So how do you sort of open that up?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, at different stages, because when people are high schoolers, you know, 13 to 18 years old, um, that sort of thing, you know, think of all the advice we were given, Mark, when we were 13 to 18 years old, you know, some of it we took in and might stick with us and we might, you know, it might hit us years later, but some of it was just, you know, in one year, out the other, or over our heads or whatever the case might be. So you always have to do it appropriate to that person's level. Um, I find a lot of times, you know, students will, you know, won't have like the full picture and realize, you know, how their education and their degree actually fits in with their larger, you know, life and career trajectory. They really only are just focusing on the here and now as though that school or getting into college is the be all end all, but it's not. I mean, no one's staying in college forever. You're supposed to be there a few years and then you're supposed to use that as a stepping stone to do other great things. And so discussing you know, how that all fits into the bigger picture, I think, is a very important part of the process, because you also have it's not just a student, right? You have parents who have high expectations for their children. You know, sometimes a student might say, I've always wanted to go to Stanford. That's the only place I want to go. Okay. Um, You know, maybe the parents also pushing the same thing. So it's not just the conversation that we have to have with the student, but also with the parents about, you know, thinking not only about expectations, but also thinking about, you know, what's actually the right fit. Is it because they want to go there because their uncle went there, because mom or dad went there, grandparents went there, it's in their area. And, you know, that's what smart kids do in their minds or, or whatever the case might be. But you're right. You hear something. These schools have a very strong brand name and a very strong presence. You know, when you think prestigious university in the UK, you know, most people are going to say Cambridge, Oxford, you know, maybe St. Andrews, something like that. But it's very quick how people associate, you know, top education with certain brand names. And so we have to, we have to unpack why someone actually wants to go where they want to go, but also what they're interested in doing and seeing how those two things match up
0: yeah absolutely um just take us through your story a little bit in terms of you know what did you want to study where did you want to go where did you think your life trajectory was heading and then how did that obviously must have changed then in terms of of where you are now and what you're helping people with
1: oh yeah i joke all the time how no one growing up says they want to do what i actually do now right i don't hear of any uh, you know, maybe an eight, eight-year-old says, "I want to be a footballer." Um, they don't say, "I want to help people get into college." I've never heard that before. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, so, yeah, you don't land here, uh, you know, in a necessarily in, in a way that you thought about for decades. Um, I mean, my path was different. I mean, my, I went to a very tiny um, all-Armenian school in Los Angeles. So my parents are uh, immigrants to this country, to the states, and you know, there's a stronger Armenian community in LA and and there's a small school. My graduating class had 50 to 60 students somewhere around there. Um, but we didn't have a lot of resources or knowledge about, you know, where to attend college. Um, a lot of my teachers were also immigrants. They might've gotten their education outside of America. Um, or if they had gotten in here, they were very recent and, you know, maybe they're getting a teaching credential or whatever the case might be. And so there wasn't, there wasn't that foundation or that, you know, that system in place to assist students who had certain goals with, with achieving those things. And so, you know, if you wanted to go to a local school, like you want to go to UCLA or, you know, California state school, public school, something like that, USC, um, then, you know, people knew what to do and, you know, X number of students went every single year. Now, if your aspirations were different, say you want to leave the state or you want to go to an Ivy league school or whatever the case might be, there was no infrastructure in place. And, and so I, you know, I was self-taught with that process. You know, I had to figure out on my own, okay, how do I actually write the types of essays that these schools are looking for? What types of grades and extracurricular activities do I need? And, you know, I happened to achieve success and, and get a lot of financial aid along the way in the form of scholarships. And then people, you know, we're seeing that and they're like, Ooh, like, I'm kind of interested in that too you had a lot of people who um either didn't believe it was possible for them because no one in our community was going to schools outside of that local area so they didn't know whom to ask or whether that was possible um and they certainly yeah didn't know where to seek mentorship and so people started coming for help i was helping them they were successful and it just sort of grew from there Um, I mean, when I was in college, I, I went to Cornell for my undergrad and I was actually pre-med the whole time. I thought as a little kid, I would always be a doctor once my NBA dreams died. You know, when I, when I realized I wouldn't be on the Lakers. Um, and so I, you know, started prepping to, to be a physician and was studying, you know, everything about med school admissions, helping people get into med school way back when. And, you know, after college, I actually decided to, to make a pivot. So I had done very well in college, but I was doing a lot of mental health research and me personally, I grew up with Tourette syndrome. And so I was very interested in mental health and I was drawn to that. And so I decided to get my PhD in clinical psychology. Um, but all along the way, people were just asking for help. You know, hey, can you help me get into this school? I heard you helped this person get into med school. Can you help me too? And it just grew. And, you know, I, at some point along the way, definitely caught a bug of like, oh, I should start something, you know, like a business one day, what, what would I do? And then I was like, oh, I'm already kind of doing something that I know people find tremendous value in and, and that I'm, you know, good at and, uh, and then decided to make it, you know, official, uh, what it is today and started producing resources for students when I couldn't, you know, find ones that I was happy with to provide to them. And then random people finally started reaching out, which was totally unplanned. You know, I was like, before it used to be, oh, you helped my friend's cousin. Now it was I found you online, I was like, Okay, this is this is weird, this is changing. And so I had the opportunity to meet a lot more people that I would have never had contact with. And, and, you know, over time, it grew. And here we are today.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of things there, which really, I really like and really struck me. One is the fact that businesses that often are successful seem to work that way, because it's about you helping people Mm -hmm. to solve something you know and you know the structure of how the business then looks officially or the website or whatever they're they're all tools they're all things that need to be put in place but you know you had you had a business even like say without even knowing about it yeah Um, and 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 the other thing that struck me was you, you mentioned the word mentorship and it just seems to me that when people suddenly get that idea that I need to learn something I need to be aware of something where can I find someone to help you know you go through school learning all these different subjects with teachers or maybe tutors and stuff to help you this is the next step you know you you want to be able to be an expert in this field like say to put yourself in the best position in order to get into this particular college or university or Mm -hmm. or to show up in your best light so it makes sense that you need a mentor in that particular field and I think if you've got that sort of mentorship mentality of knowing that Whatever it is that you need to achieve for what you're doing now, there's an answer there, and this just seems to be a very sort of organic way of of making that kind of idea.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, like I said, um, especially back when I was going through it, it's different now, where you know you can Google stuff and you know get get good information, but then still applying the information to your particular case is a whole different story. Um, You know, I can I can read all sorts of books on all sorts of topics. But then when it comes to actually doing it, it's a completely different story. And so, you know, having someone who's been through it before, um, you know, you said you're a musician. If I, I know nothing about music. Um, I've helped people with music endeavors, but, you know, I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to play. If you gave me a book or even showed me a video online on how to play the guitar, but then handed me one, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. Um, And so there's a similar thing here, right? Where you read it, you intellectually understand it, but if you don't have someone to show you, you're going to have a really tough go of it. And um, and and you know that's what really we really provide for students. You know, when even when a school has a counselor, maybe, uh, you know that counselor has 200 students they have to serve, um, and they just don't have the bandwidth to to give everybody the necessary attention. And and that's
0: where we come in. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, like I said, you can Google these things now. But almost every website you hit. I've got to go to that school because it's amazing. Look, it's just telling me of every every reason I should. And yes, you, you went through half a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so that's why you, you need that independent, well, mentorship, but that kind of thought pattern of just kind of let's just back up a little bit here and it's mm-hmm. like l- like you started this whole conversation with. Let's talk about you. Where are you? What do you need? Let Let's start from there and then find the fit rather than like say being <laughs> being told by someone else. This is exactly how it's going to be. Exactly. <laughs> You talked a little bit there about mental health and um and, and sort of getting into that field and studying that just take us down that a little bit more in terms of why that obviously there's obviously that personal interest and the understanding based on, on your on you growing up but also how that then developed in terms of, of supporting others.
1: Yeah um so as I said um you know I grew up with Tourette's syndrome i I started having you know facial and focal tics around age eight age nine and um, I remember feeling not, not feeling misunderstood. I mean, I felt misunderstood, but certainly I was misunderstood in the sense that, you know, I came from a community, like I said, where, um, a lot of folks are, are from elsewhere. Right. And so there wasn't there, I mean, it's stigmatized, uh, you know, within the Armenian community and a lot of immigrant communities, I'm not trying to act like we're, we're special in some way. Um, but it's very different, you know, growing up in 19, you know, mid 1990s, Los Angeles to Armenian parents versus, you know, growing up in 2021, you know, today, um, you know, as in America or in the UK where, you know, mental health, even though there's tremendous stigma still, um, they're, they're at least acknowledged and there are places where you can get help and, and, you know, people are aware of these things. And so I, I just felt, uh, you know, when I was in school, you know, in, in college that when I was studying, uh, I would take all my pre-med courses and I was doing my research with MRI and, you know, in neurology and stuff like this. I just had a sense. I was like, okay, like this is the thing I'm being called to the most within healthcare um, because, you know, of my personal connection to it. But just intellectually, it was very interesting. It's, it's very nebulous. It's not like, you know, if someone has a broken arm, you see the break. You can see it with imaging or whatever. When someone has a mental health condition, you don't necessarily see anything. Right, you just uh, you see the symptoms. Well, there are some patterns in the brain, but it's not like you can diagnose it with a with an image or anything like that. And so, but it was in a very real way impacting people's day to day. And um, I just felt like, well, you know, I have I have an understanding of, of what this this thing is like, where you know people don't you know understand it or can't see it or whatever the case might be. Um, at least in my case with Tourette's syndrome, for better or worse, people can't see it. Right, when I make a when I have a twitch or something like that. So at least you can explain it. And people can, you know, understand, oh, I see it. Yeah, of course. But then, um, you know, there's a lot more complication behind it. And so I was going through school and I figured that, Hey, you know, when I become a physician one day, I'm going to go into psychiatry, maybe neurology, but definitely something in the brain sciences. And, and then I realized when <laughs> I remember I was studying for the MCAT, uh, which is the, you know, sort of the SAT or the ACT is the standardized test for um, for medical school admissions in the, in the U S and in Canada, there's a different one in the UK. Um, and I remember I was studying the physics section and I was like, I'm not going to use physics, you know, after this exam. And then the, it like hit me. I was like, I don't want to study the elbow. Cause like, that's not what I'm going to do. And I was like, well, is there a more efficient way to studying the brain and treating people? Uh, without having to go through medical school and residency and all those kinds of things. And lo and behold, you know, the getting my doctorate in clinical psychology uh, was that way. It was the direct path to helping people in the space that I wanted to uh, without having to study the areas that I was less interested in. Right. And that, that led to decision. I mean, it was it seems straightforward now in hindsight. Obviously, I wrestled with it a lot at the time. Um, but, but, and that's how I ended up where I, where I did. And people sometimes ask me like, Hey, do you still use psychology in your work today? Uh, I say probably, you know, just as much as ever, um, not that any therapy is happening. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. Um, but more so that, you know, helping students figure out, you know, what their goals are, helping them get there. There's, it's a very emotional experience, you know, prepping for college and, um, you know, there, there are a lot of maladaptive thoughts people have and people not believing they can make it happen and so on. So there's a lot of motivation to be done. Um, there's a lot of listening to people when they're, you know, when they're experiencing emotions, you know, happy or sad, you know, negative or positive doesn't matter and, and just helping them in that way. And then of course, as an entrepreneur and the way you set up a site, there's a psychology to everything. And, um, it's just been, it's just been a tremendous blessing. I mean, for me personally, and, and I think for my students too.
0: Yeah, I love that because I think that story and understanding really starts to to give you a sense of what it is that people can can get from what you do and how you set it up and why you're doing it and and those insights as well. And it really sort of, I think, just gives that identification i guess you know whether you can identify with you personally but i think everyone knows you know whether it's a struggle whether it's something which you're unaware of or or how Mm -hmm. you fit in with your local community the fact that you've had these thoughts these understandings this kind of sort of wrestling if you like in terms of what you want what you don't like i've got this option or that option and how you go that all has to fit in with those with those things so so just take us into into what people will experience if they kind of end, enter your world in terms of you know they hit the website how, how does it sort of progress through there all the way through that process mm-hmm. yeah so
1: i mean typically uh, one of two things happens um you know there are, there are students who reach out to us through word of mouth you know we might have helped like i said their friend's cousin uh, and then they reach out they say you helped my friend's cousin can you also help me too with x y and z and of course yes we'd be glad to Um, and then there's a, there's a much larger group of people who we don't know and have no connection to us. And typically they'll find us, um, you know, either through a guide written on our site, um, a video on our YouTube channel, maybe they listen to your podcast and essentially learn that we're out there and how we assist students. And they might, I don't know, sign up for our newsletter and start receiving information. And whenever it's time. Whenever they're ready, uh, they'll reach out. They'll say, I've been following your work for three years uh, and I figured I would reach out now or, hey, I came across this guy today, you know, seemed really interesting. I'm actually applying to this thing. Can you help me? So everyone has a different, I think, process. Some people are big planners, right, where they sign up for a newsletter three years. They wait in the wings. You never knew they were there. And then all of a sudden they, they pop up and they say, hey, I've been here the whole time. I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. Um, and so it just varies from person to person. Um, but that's that's the usual you know funnel as they call it, right? So people will find one of our resources, uh, you know be be attracted to it for some reason, uh, you know consume our, consume more of our guides, and then eventually when they're ready, reach out.
0: And so once they they reach out and you sort of take them through, is it a question of having a face to face conversation? Is is it a question of filling in certain sort of forms or sort of getting the data and the information that you need to take them forward? How, how does that sort of work beyond there?
1: Yeah, I mean when when people reach out, um, I ask for very basic information like resume and test scores. You know when they want to apply, which you know plans they're interested in, and times to chat because. I really enjoy speaking with the families that we serve. Um, you know, we don't, we don't support millions of students a year, right? We're not, you know, Kaplan or Princeton review or one of these giant companies. So, um, I think, you know, I really enjoy just that intimate level of support. So, you know, getting on the phone with students or parents and getting to know them, them getting to know us, I spend a lot of time answering questions about the admissions process for them and how we might be able to support. So it's very organic in that way. And then, you know, people will typically follow up after a call i'll send them a note and they can reply as needed if they don't reply after that no problem you know i hope the call was valuable to them um, but then if they want something more
0: then uh you know we're, we're ready to assist great so it really is that that sort of that mentorship kind of idea you know whatever <laughs> you need uh you know yep. i i'm here based on my knowledge and information and the fact that i i understand this and i can i can walk you through walk you through it as opposed to exactly. be part of you know this kind of mm-hmm. big cohort of people going through the system which yeah i love right. that and, I th- and and it's such a big point of people's lives isn't it i think that personal touch must must be so sort of um supportive mhm yeah i think so so let's just wind back a little bit um, back into your kind of educational experience. Is there a is there a teacher or a learning experience which had a, a big effect on you that you that you'd like to share? I mean, there there
1: are several that jump to mind. I mean, the, the earliest one I recall is in in the kindergarten. Uh, we had a teacher named Deegan Codman, which is Mrs. Carmen, um, and I remember she. I was really wild from what I hear. I don't remember everything about kindergarten, but, um, you know, I think just really energetic moving around, uh, you know, didn't always go down at nap time, you know, all those kinds of things. And I remember there was a time when uh, my, you know, my mom or my dad came to pick me up and and Mrs. Carmen basically said, like, you know, he's he's going to do great things. Something like that in Armenian, and I don't know why. I just I remember looking up at her and her saying that, and it was pretty funny because I remember I was always being told in kindergarten, you know, to to sit down or do this or pay attention or um, or sometimes like people, you know, laughing and kind of shaking their head. Uh, and so when she said that, it was it was the first time I remember when someone, you know, really believed in me, um, and and I internalized that. And, you know, even my parents spoke fondly of her about like, you know, Mrs. Carmen would always say X, Y and Z. So that always stuck with me because I think that all of us sort of play to our expectations to a degree, right? When people have high expectations for us, we don't want to let them down. We want to prove them right. Uh, you know, also when people have low expectations, sometimes we get flustered or throw our hands up in the air and say, well, it doesn't matter anyway. It's not going to happen anyway. And I think that our, our effort is, you know, very much tied to our motivation. Uh, it's very much tied to expectation that we have for ourselves and that others have for us. And so, you know, that line, um, again, I don't remember the specific words, but I remember the, the meaning um, and I remember the, you know, the feeling that it passed on to me
0: yeah and that comes up so often that that feeling of, of of that connection that understanding like I say the being seen and how that then sort of filters through like I say into expectation and understanding and, and just feeling like yeah that they they see me at whatever age that happens to be and it kind of takes you on that on that journey and gives you that mm-hmm. belief as well and, and like I say especially if it can be filtered through into like say your parents or whoever yeah. else is involved in that conversation as well it really makes a massive difference and, and very it rarely does. do I do I hear someone. Say, I remember how someone taught me the two times table. It's never that, it's always how it made you feel and, and how it sort of affected your life that way. Exactly. Um, yeah. Now, if we touched on this before in terms of as sort of young people, what information we take on and what we actually listen to and all of that kind of thing. And, sure. and, I, like, and I like you sometimes in one ear and out the other. But actually, if you never hear it, you never even have that option as well. So mm-hmm. so is there is there a piece of advice that you would probably now give your younger self or a piece of advice that you were given that really sort of stands out for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to what we talked about earlier, Mark, this, um, you know, this idea not to be so, so rigid, um, you know, where I, you know, I had heard from my parents, again, classic immigrant parent thing, love you, mom, love you, dad, um, about, you know, go to school, you know, get the, get a stable job, be a doctor, a dentist or a lawyer, you know, get benefit, all this kind of stuff. And, and there's, there's value to that. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, especially when you come from a tumultuous situation from your home country to a place and you're seeking stability and you're, you know, whether it's financial stability or, um, just safety or whatever the case might be. Um, but they really sort of ingrained that in my brother and me. And I remember I was thinking that way forever is like, well, you know, I, I like science and I, you know, want to become a doctor and it's a, it's a good job. It's respected all this kind of stuff. Um, But for a long, long time, I I felt like, uh, you know, some of those glasses that block your peripheral vision mark where you can't really see other options and you're only seeing straight ahead. It kind of felt like that um, because I wasn't really thinking for myself what I actually want to do and why Um, and it wasn't and the reason I think I was wrestling so much with like not becoming a doctor is because just for so long I was like this is what must have this is what must happen or something like that and and I see that in other people too. Um, and again, it's great when they when it's the, you know, fuel to the fire and it motivates you and all that kind of stuff, but it's good to stop and question it for a moment. Like, is this what I want for myself? Is it an expectation set for, by someone else? Um, you know, how do I feel about this? Uh, is this something I want to do for the next 20, 30, 40 years? Cause we're making decisions around 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, about the next 40 years, But we've only lived 20 and part of it, we were really young. And so (laughs) I just ask students to take a moment and just question things. If you land where you were before, great. You're not going to hear a peep from me, but just go through that process and ask yourself what you want and why. Um, Because I think that it's going to pay dividends later on, Um, because I also see people who thought they want to do something their whole life. They get into it and they're kind of disappointed at the end and they didn't think about what the job and the world and their life would actually be like. So seek mentors, talk to people in that field, um, you know, really reflect on why you want to do something. Where's the motivation coming from? Is it your own? Is it from somebody else? And if you do that, then, you know, go forth, Godspeed, you know, you'll do great. Um, But just go through that process. Um, I wish I had told myself that earlier so that, you know, I could have pursued exactly what I wanted even earlier and maybe not take certain courses or or take other things or maybe participate in different things and so on.
0: And what I find fascinating about that is, um, it's it, well, absolutely, it's it's so true, but you, you mentioned before about when you realized you weren't going to play for the Lakers, but it's in, it, you know, we all have this, you know, I'm going to play for Man United or, you know, I'm going to be the, the world's greatest football soccer player, or actually maybe I'm not, but you sort of come to that realization yourself, yep. <laughs> um, because you're not tall enough, you're not fast enough, you don't get picked for your local club. So how are you ever going to get to that kind of level? um yep. But you never quite get to that stage, like you were saying, in terms of college or career or that kind of thing, because the focus isn't there for there. You're not getting that kind of in, that input that you need like that. So yep. I think, like I say, just having that kind of have you thought about it? <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, you're not going to be um, playing. Um, basketball because you know you're not six foot tall but do you actually you know like what you're going to be studying do you like to say that part of the world that state that country whatever it happens to be yeah really really yep. important mm-hmm. so is there is there a resource that you you'd like to to share with us and this could be a film a blog a podcast a book could be absolutely anything but something which really is important to you or really made a big effect on your life hmm.
1: i mean so there there are multiple ways for me to think about that i mean when it comes to you know college admissions resources med school admissions resources um i mean this is not to you know brag or anything but you know folks can of course come to our site and find tons of resources about how to think about extracurriculars how to think about standardized tests how to think about college essays and things like that i encourage people to to check those things out um i mean for me Uh, a book, I mean, there, there were several books that sort of, I think really took me in a different direction in life, um, that, you know, I, I share with people all the time and, and probably none more than a book called how to win friends and influence people, um, by Dale Carnegie. It's kind of an old school book. I forget when it was published, I don't know, 1910s, twenties, thirties, something like that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't think this is a very, you know, unique answer or anything like that. It's very famous book. Um. But, and the title's kind of weird, right? How to win friends and influence people. It's like, that's a strange title, but really the, the goal is like, how do you, how do you develop relationships with people? You know, how do you, um, build, you know, networks? How do you build authentic relationships with people? And the thing that strikes me about that book is that the advice is so simple. Um, for anyone out there who's read it, um, it's so simple. It's like, you know, smile, uh, say someone's name. Um, you know, like it's, it's much, it's more nuanced than that, but when you read it, it's sort of like, well, yeah. Um, but then when you actually try to put all of the things into practice in your daily life, you realize how far off you are from, um, you know, the, the person you might want to become. And so I encourage people to read that and reread. It. I've read it several times and I applied it. In, Uh, In my daily life, Um, not only when working with students, but at home with my son and my wife and all that kind of stuff. And I think that actually has been uh, one of the, you know, one of the most important things, you know, behind uh, why I've been able to help people, um, you know, achieve, achieve things that they have is because, you know, being able to connect them, develop their trust and, and, you know, build that relationship from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, it's an incredible book. And I, and I think you, you hit on the two key things there. One, the simplicity, but also the authenticity as well. It, it's not a kind of a learning by numbers, because there is that kind of the understanding the connection and how it makes people feel and how you think about people and how, and how those relationships um develop. But like you say, it is that simple in terms of smile, you know, so it does have sort of both sides of those coin, but it's sort of the the, the emergence of the two things together, which gives it that power, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tremendous book. So you mentioned before about all the resources and everything you have. Just before we go, just tell people exactly where to go to find all that information and how they can get in touch.
1: Yeah, um, so our site, com. Uh, Mark, hopefully you'll link to it in the show notes because uh, sure. I know it's uh, not doesn't just roll off the tongue for people. Um, and uh, and then, you know, people can reach out via any contact form, newsletter form, whatever the case might be, our emails on the site as well. And yeah, it would be a treat to you know answer any questions or, or guide folks however I can.
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll have links to that and also to the book and all those things as well and social media, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, you can just go to education on fire and click on this episode and it will take you straight through all those things. So, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your your wisdom um, and all those insights. And it's always great for me to to hear the story and, and the thoughts behind Um, essentially, like I say, when you find someone online, just the website. And I think it's, it's that thing which really sort of makes people connect and understand about the story of who we are and how we're helping people. So yeah, thanks so much for being here.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate you having me on.
0: Thank you so much for listening. It's such a pleasure to be able to bring you such wisdom and inspiration. If I could ask you to do one thing, please share this podcast with one other person just so that we can really make the most of our ripple effect of being able to just reach as many people as possible. And that way we can make the biggest difference in the world. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about the community and how to get involved, please go to educationonfire.com forward slash fire.